All right, welcome to see us out here, number thirteen. We have our usual weekly weekly recaps going, but we have something a little twist for today. Before we even start, we have um, we got to speak our sponsors, Refrag. If you want to use their services to train like a pro and be like a pro, use their services. Use the code NART to save fifteen percent. Now, our usual uh, usual recaps for weekly news and all the big stuff that happens has been kind of slow, so we're going to change the format around to around the horn type of setup. The concept is is pretty simple. Me and Nara are moderating. I control the I control the the board. I mean, points the guys. These guys and these four guys can, can contest on the on topics. If they if they say, say something smart or have a good take, they get points. If they say something stupid or take a long time on soft stuff, they lose points. Everyone's at zero points at the moment, and eventually, after round one, one gets eliminated, three contests, and it keeps going until it's it's one v one. And the winner, eventually, you can have you can say whatever the hell you want at the end. And if you win a lot of times, you can get a free skin from me. So it's good to compete on this show because you get free skins from Saga all the time. <laughs> Which is always a good, a huge. What's plus. not to love? What's yeah, not to, what's, to love about what's free skins? Honestly, <laughs> from me. Not from a giveaway from me. Yeah, specifically <laughs> from you. Yeah, exactly from me. Now we have Nart, who's back. We have. Hey, our what's fir- up, everybody? Well, our first guest is Fi. Contestant hey, number yo. one. We have. I'm, I'm here. I'll pr- I'm here pretty darn often. I should be good at this now. <laughs> we have um, Paladin is contestant number two. Poggers. We have uh, Coach KJ. Hello, hello. And we have Why Not FPS. It's my first time, guys. Take it easy. I'm, I'm yeah. new to this. It's my first. He's new, okay? he's new to this? He never, you never know. You guys are my first. He, well, well, I don't, want, I don't want to be anyone's first or anyone's <laughs> last. <laughs> Breaking them in. Breaking them in. All right. Breaking them in, yeah. Now we're going to start off with the... Uh, now we're going to start off with the biggest first topic of the day. We're going to hit off on Blast. Now... On this stuff, we're gonna since it's the first format, we're gonna just break it up there. You guys have any takes on the blast format? How did everyone do? We'll start off with uh, let's start off the new guy. Why not FPS? What's your sure, man. what's your what's your input on this? My input, um, I think my biggest takeaway personally, like the thing that I, I wasn't necessarily like anticipating is that First of all, phase bleed, and it's OG to make them bleed uh, with their latest edition of Dexter. I think that that's like a really powerful player to pick up for any team, let alone going under the radars of a lot of international squads. But OG picking them up seemingly already doing very well. And other than that, like Liquid with Yakindar turned their ship Boom. right around. As of right now, they've taken 2 0 wins off of both NIP and off of uh, uh, Heroic as well. Two teams who are also maybe not in the best position right now but either way like i think that that is a really good showing for a team that otherwise had very very little trajectory prior to getting this pickup i like your input on the on phase bleeding and liquid you get two points off the start all right let's start with kj uh i i hate this tournament i think oh there we go point and given like (laughs) there's it's just a qualifier for a qualifier to play a qualifier that all these teams are going to most like most these teams are going to be playing in no matter what right like okay you're going to the fall showdown you're still a good chance of winning the fall showdown to make it to the fall final right i see like no point of this really like for any for any of these teams right like yeah liquid did well that's a little confident booster for them to go into the rmr but like a team like phase like they were 100 percent not showing strats this whole tournament like they 
Yeah, they didn't play great, but like if you watch any of their games, they're just defaulting almost every round and just not doing anything fancy. Right? So like you can't really take anything from these results. Right? I think OG, yeah, they played really well. And they beat FaZe and they beat a few other decent teams, but it's all about the RMR, and I think all these teams know that, and that's why it's kind of a weird toss-up of results, to me at least. Alright, I like those points, so you're going to get two points off that. Uh, Paladin? Yeah, I don't like this format at all. I, I actually despise it. Um, I think the, the fact that we have BO1s to kind of introduce pro cs back after a new season to to new viewers and and returning viewers i guess i mean it, it kind of sucks because it's not the true form of the game the true form of the game is going to be best of threes um and it doesn't actually allow any of these teams to actually get settled because look at this we have g2 coming in fourth place then they have to fight through the entire gauntlet and and they, even though they don't um win against vitality they get to rematch them again like the amount of chances that all these partner team has are it has are just ridiculous like you get so so basically you're telling me that you can lose all of your best of ones you can win one best of three and then you have two more chances to qualify for the fall finals and if you don't do it there then yeah again you get to go down to the showdown and then you get to try there again so for, for me it just like it feels very uh pay to win uh rather than um actually being a great team um i don't know uh, i i think that you can get so, and uh, as an analyst i don't think you can really get much as ter uh, in terms of like information about these teams as kj is saying like i mean i, I don't really know what i can say about phase like is are, are they actually back are they not uh navi had a stand-in for half the tournament uh one best of three with simple can you really get much out of that like just, it, it's so hard um for a returning viewer that's that's seasoned and has watched a lot, and it's also really complicated for a new viewer to also understand the circuit. So that's where I'm at on on, on the format. All right, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you two points off that. that. I, I got going for this, um, and why I kind of like this format. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into my my segment here, but one of the things that's hilarious, and I know everyone says, "Oh, they have so many chances. They got they won all their best of ones." Two of the teams that topped their group that went flawless through it and, you know, they came out first, they're in the showdown right now because they lost both their both of their qualifying BO3s. Astralis and Heroic both just flubbed out, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah there you go. Like, what the heck? Like, I, I understand it's like, okay, yeah, they got so many chances. But at the same time, we're at the start of this player break, and we're here to find out which teams are the best. That's why I like playing a very high volume of matches. I know it's a qualifier for yeah, a qualifier for a qualifier. But look, just considering the circumstances of this tournament, we're at the very beginning of the season. This is a, I think this is a, fan, this is a fine format. Yeah, it's just get your reps in time, you know what I mean? That's what I was thinking. I was just thinking that there's so many high, like, high number of games, like, you get like maybe, like, burnt out, but you start out with the best of ones, like people are saying. I think that if you start in that way, it's good enough to the point where once you do hit the best of threes, you got your reps in, you got your team built with a little bit more chemistry now on LAN after having, like, G2 said, like, what, I think 10 days of practice or something like that? Like, getting your officials in here now probably is going to benefit them a little bit more in the long run than, say, a team like FaZe, who have already been together and, like you said, are running defaults. Like, it makes sense to mm -hmm. me, at least. We do a little bit of sacrificing competitive integrity, okay? Just a little bit. Yeah. Is there anyone else having any more inputs? Because right now, uh, fine. Why not a win at the moment? Anyone well, else? Have... Let me add something before you get to uh, the rest here. I personally don't like this format. Because, like, 
KJ was saying, like these teams aren't really showing anything. Like I, I watched all the demos up until today, and I did not really see anything new. Like I don't think like I mean they're trying, but like at the same time they're not trying. Like, I what? watched Phase versus uh, I think it's OG on Inferno, and I watched Phase run a default on their two side like fifteen runs straight. Like it was they ran one set strat, and they threw like maybe two new nades I didn't see before, and it's like. Okay, if this was the RMR, of course they're going to be running a lot more setters, a lot more innovative stuff, and they're just, mm-hmm. it's 100% they're just hiding it. Right? Like, yeah. You guys say, like, oh, they need their reps, but like, if I'm G2, I don't really need to play this. Right? They have to because they're a partner team, but like, I'd much rather get scrims in on the stuff I want to run for the RMR versus teams that won't leak my strats. Whereas this is like, you try to run your new shit, they're just going to anti strat it for the RMR. There's no point for like G two and uh, like like Vitality to play this. They just have to. To open it up right now, how about uh, so on the teams that didn't didn't play that well, like Big Evil Geniuses and Complexity? Anyone have any takes on that? Uh, Evil Geniuses and Complexity, Complexity both placed last uh, with Big uh, in in the thing overall, and seeing how Complexity went into this with the new AWP player. Personally, not really a move that we'll get, probably talk about it later. Not really a move that I think is going to solve their problems right off rip. I think they were just hoping that they were going to put a band-aid on themselves and be like, okay, now we'll be good. And they go into this land event and they get mopped. Like they took one map, I think off of, I think they took a map off of uh, Navi and everyone was like, oh, they're back. They're back. And then they are. Come afterwards, on. They got, they got slapped again. Um, but I mean, for, if, for one thing, EG, they make this move and they come into this tournament with a new in-game leader. They had a stand in for the beginning. They didn't get to get their, their team properly in place. And they took NIP relatively deep in a best of three. I mean, whether or not it's the most strat-intensive matchups or whether or not they're trying their hardest, I still think on an individual level, that's something we kind of need to see from them moving forward, is being able to at least go toe-to-toe in the aim duels at the very minimum. So, so, so let, let, let me give a little bit of pushback here. So you're saying complexity winning a map is, it shouldn't be, we shouldn't really care about that, but EG winning a map, we totally should. Like, I don't... In a best of three, I would say definitely. Also against a team with a stand-in, what what do you mean the standard i mean they, the whole team was there uh, they, look look the fact of the matter is navi still came in first first in their group right they they well, still came back yeah but at the end of the day no i'm talking about in the best of ones they still came first in the group right yeah with with headtrick so Hedrick objectively objectively yeah. the system of navi was still a very competitive one complexity's best of one win can be very comparable to that of eg's uh one map win against nip i don't really see like a what why one is better than the other like it, well, well, it they feels take very one map. similar they take one map eg and then they take them deep in a third map having not had one of their players there for the beginning of the event then complexity take a map off of a team with a stand-in in a best of one and then get slapped afterwards so I think it's a matter of just, okay, we just got our star player back into our roster, and then we start ha- like having a decent showing against a team that we are outclassed on most days. I think that that's a little easier to think than just, okay, this is a best of one. Navi, you're probably going into this, and they're probably throwing it away a little bit because it's complexity of all teams, you know what I mean? Like They probably don't go into that like, like okay, guys, we got to do this. We have to beat this team if we don't beat this. But, like, but neither you know did NIP, right? Uh, NIP also said they didn't they didn't actually care about what EG was playing, and they they left their... Until they, they started the trash talking, past. and then they were like, all right, we can't let that happen. That <laughs> it just funny. seems like a very... It just feels like a really comparable argument. Maybe. 
Maybe. I disagree, but maybe. I think it's a little backwards. I think it's uh, a backwards coin that we're flipping. A d right. double-edged sword, if you will. Since since we're just, this is kind of like one of the first tournaments that kind of went, go that went on, who's a winner, who's a loser? I'll go with KJ because he hasn't talked in a while. I think UG's 100% a loser. Right? Like, they really needed to show something they have promised, but like, Sir got outclassed in almost every op for op duel he took. Their best player in the whole tournament was probably Hexed. Right? Like, that's. That's why I don't think he was yeah awesome. automatic too, but yeah like he Hex played the whole thing. I think he played solid throughout the whole tournament. I think automatic played well as good as well. But like those are your two new add-ons. Like Tim's not as new as Hex, but like you've had Cirque, you've had Breeze there forever, and they're still like the two worst players on that team. Like I don't understand. And then you bring yeah. in a CIS IGL that doesn't really know English, doesn't really know their style, and it's just to me. They have to show. They'd have to show something great here, because I don't think they were hiding anything for the armor. I think they were trying their fucking hardest, and I think they still came dead last. I don't think they're gonna make it out of the armor, right? That they that have to get to it still, which is kind of scary. Yeah, they still have to get to. Well, it's it's the anyone any team can make it to the armor. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Besides, that, I think Nip played really well. I think Vitality with Sphinx showed a lot of promise, right? I think Big are not gonna be the same with their moves. And I think, again, like Liquid, they got the confidence that they needed for coming first to third. So I think they played really well. Yeah. That's confidence they need, too, honestly, Liquid. We were talking about it before, but, like, when they have a liege with a team of players who are, like, confident in their aim around him, that's just something that he feeds off of. And I'm excited to see when he finally gets into that mode where he's, like, that 1.2 carry player against a team where, like, it's not just, like, a Tier 2 international playoff match. You know what I mean? Now, I, I, before you guys go on, I just got to say, you're wrong. Appreciate that, Anthrad. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can we, can we subtract points from Anthrad? <laughs> is that, no, is he's that a, an option? Don't worry. He, he, he is always going to be a negative, a negative points of all this amazing <laughs> hot takes he always has. So don't worry about it. It'll go on to the next show. Uh, Fi, do you have any input on this? Because you've been a little behind at the moment. I'll, I'll let you catch yes. up on points. So, like, yes. w winners and winners and losers when it comes down to it, um, I mean, sure, you can talk about all the teams that, that bombed out, but I'd like to highlight a winner, and what the heck, OG, I mean, the format may have just screwed them over, they came out, what, la almost dead last, they did come out dead last in their group, they lost their opening BO1s to uh, teams that may have turned out to be a fluke, have both gone to the showdown, get, get wrecked Vitality. But at the same time, then they completely turned it around in the BO3s. Now, I mean, I've been informed with information from our analysts here on this uh, on this podcast that, you know, they weren't, teams here weren't really just unleashing their strap books in this event. Um, so OG might have gotten themselves a ripe opportunity to go ahead and just scoop up an easy win. But even then, this roster still looked fine in their BO3s. I don't think they're like a top five team in the world yet, but this roster's definitely perhaps has legs. No, no, I think OG's fucking amazing. I, I think, think Dexter. Really I think Dexter's like actual like god, god among men. Like he's you know he's so good. 
I think I'm, like I'm... him with flames and Nexa is gonna be like a scary trio to go against a during any of these tournaments. And Neofrag, goddamn. True. Oh my god, Neofrag hasn't even hit his peak yet, and that's what scares me about this roster's rifling firepower is that Dexter can do all he wants with the AWP, but like once all the other riflers are on their like top peak form, it's gonna be really scary in my opinion because they're all very comfortable as as far as I can tell in their roles in like a situation where it's like they're all coming from their own team where they were the superstar for the most part like albeit in like different levels of the game but I, I so far i really like how it's figuring itself out my actually one critique of this team is neofrag believe it or not um i don't actually think he's been he's performing with the same gas i'm sure they won their they won their bo3s i'll give him that but this guy is was a star player on on centers he was just taking all the fights that he ever wanted to on that center's roster and he's not really able to do that here on this og team that's up the flames and right um I, there there is a, there is a weak point to this og team i, I don't think he's that. hit his peak yet though i just don't think that's the the truest rendition of him yet i'd like to hope i also think we're not talking enough about fiku i mean i liked the the flashes that he had at epl with with ago but i don't think that guy nearly was as great of a player as the community's making him out to be i think he's got a lot to prove in terms of consistency uh, again we're still seeing a lot of flashes from him and uh if we don't i mean he could be a huge sore point for this team if if it comes back to bite them especially with as you're saying fly if neofrag isn't actually consistent on this team i think the the raw fragging ability that this team needs uh considerably dips I think Fiku's playing one of their most bitchy roles around the the map typically also. Yeah, so that's, that, something that's he now true. Has to really yeah, no, that, to, that's he's true. He's super young, so I feel like Nexa might be molding him into a player where he can do that successfully, hopefully, because if they're going to do that, then he better hopes that it works because once they start hitting that like higher echelon consistently, if he crumbles under the pressure, that means that, like the rug is right out from under that team and Fiku is unfortunately going to be the one you you point at like almost Yeah, I I'm not I'm not really liking the fact that we we as a community continue or not community which like I guess teams decide to make the youngest player yeah. uh the the supportive element. Uh, I think another big proponent of that is like Vitality with Kyojin. I don't think they put him in the roles that he needed to be Masuta as well. Uh you think about I mean obviously the jury's honestly still out on whether or not it's it's because of the roles or whether they just weren't ready. Uh, but then you look to even like Eternal Fire with like X Floud and I, I don't know. I I just don't like that this is how they want to utilize Fiku. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess we'll see whether or not it actually matters. But for right now, I think that he is probably the lowest point for this team uh, out of every everyone. I agree. <laughs> I see this team playing an old Cloud Nine during the COVID. Like they're all like average age twenty one, I think. Right, the next is easily the oldest on that team. Like it's the same thing as Cloud Nine. Like they're yeah, big bit rocky to start, but like I feel like this team's just gonna grow up and get so fucking good so fucking fast. Yeah, I hope so, dude. Because this is gonna be a really fun, at least core to watch moving oh, yeah. forwards. I feel like I think the average it's uh twenty one point two. Yeah, you're right. It's the average age of the team. Guys, we have you know a. I think wait, one sec, Sorry. one sec. Don't don't get minus points for talking too much. Remember that that's the big rule right now. We gotta head out to another topic right now, and that's oh. the. The RMR qualifier and any uh, just we're gonna hit on it really fast because it's gonna go pretty much. We're hitting on the EU that just finished in South America. We're gonna start off with five and see if we can catch up on any points before he, we don't. We don't want to get eliminated on episode one right now. So is yeah, there? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I just need to talk a little bit more here, right, guys? And what I will say. What the heck happened? I mean, Fluxo, I, sh shed some tears for that team right now. Just immediately, right now. That's I, re I require you to do that. 
They they are not able to qualify to the RMR despite playing some of the most difficult teams in the region and bringing them every time to three all three maps, keeping the series close. Like they deserve to be at the RMR, and then they get upset in the last open qualifier by a team known as Otic, uh, who had uh, definitely uh, they're a respectable team. Don't I won't lie, but. They are not competing at the RMR. That is the biggest takeaway from this. And, well, 16, we're not going to be seeing a team that was so slated, that looked so good right out from the gates. They're not going to be at the event. That does stink, uh, doesn't it? The American biggest upset, biggest upset, uh, upset of their RMR. No, there's no questions. Yeah. Of the entire RMR, you think that's the biggest upset? Well, uh, oh. we're talking about the South American entire RMR oh, qualifiers. Just the South American. All right. Oh, okay. oh yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got 16 Ford actually in a best yeah. They got one yeah. completely different team, which is like ridiculous. I don't even know. The, I don't even know any of the players on this team other than uh, Remix. That's the only. They're a decent team. They're a decent team. Is is what I'll give it to them. But the problem, the like, look, you're you're playing. Honestly, I saw the players even in good form from the Otic team. Like VSM was having a renaissance uh, in form for this for this Fluxo team, and they still just got steamrolled. And right. that that Bo1 is gonna sit in their minds for a while. Yeah. Also, not to mention the fact that Case Esports also bombed out here, which is a team mm -hmm. that I actually slated to go through, like, almost for sure, because I respect their in-game leader, Steel, so much. Um, he put he put together a team of a lot of young players that Brazil wasn't utilizing that I felt had potential, and it was a matter of time, I hoped. But the problem with the team that is now kind of apparent is that no matter how many young players with potential he has, it doesn't really matter if none of them are going to stand out guaranteed. And he can't expect all of them to just maybe do that, which they won't and haven't. And I kind of think it's a shame because they just picked up Leo DRK, who is not really a fragger either in, a, in another young talent's place. So I'm not really sure what direction they take themselves in from here on out, though. Now, we did get... talk about a, a, a winning team, though, in this, the South America Open Qualifier. That's Pain. Like, Pain just looks so dialed in right now they have so much momentum with skulls and zevi i honestly didn't think that this was a move that would have had uh, much of a turnout after losing nython but it cle it's clear to me that they have had a game plan for a while with this team and they've just hit the ground running uh i believe they're go going in a map three in the the cct series right now but they but, but they cleaned house here they cleaned house there as well in the playoffs um this team just looks hot to trot i've i've, I've loved watching zevi kind of develop as a player and uh now he's got his He's got a shot with pain. Oplano as well. Surprised, personally. 2-1 over Fluxo to qualify. Uh, KJ, any input? I think that you guys are missing the 100% the biggest loss of this whole RMR, like South America, North America. That's the number six team in the world getting collapped almost every There, Someone brought like, it up. Mobistar gets, <laughs> like, some prize gets poached off Mobistar. They pick up a young... Uh, Spanish player, and then they just crumble, right? I think I think this team is done. I think the money that Movistar is investing in this team is going to waste, and like unless they find some crazy young uh, young Spanish talent, I don't see this team doing anything anytime soon. KJ, we were talking about the South America army. <laughs> I know I'm switching to I'm switching to EU, man. Okay. All right. Well, hey, hey, I like, I like his attitude. He switched, the, he switched the topic up. That's why he got, that's, that's why he got the damn points. If you don't have takes on one topic, just get the other one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, man. Go. That's how he impresses me. He doesn't give a shit. He hits you're the points. My, you're playing my game. I'm <laughs> playing your game. 
Oh, so man. He, so if you want to keep talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. Though. yeah. All, right, <laughs> time. All right, in Tropic, they didn't qualify. I'm kind of yeah. pissed, to be honest. I mean, th their, their upgrade made so much more uh, sense on paper. I mean, getting Mir out for Lackey, it, it felt like a slam dunk. I mean, the invites weren't there, but you thought that they'd get through all the qualifiers needed. I mean, we'll see them at Melbourne, but, I mean, this needed to have happened. And they were so close, even this final attempt as well. Uh, they lost to Sangal, or sorry, no, it was the third one. But um, they had very, they were close every single time, and uh, they always got terrible brackets and, and terrible best of threes to close, and um, just teams in form. And I think I, I feel like it's part of it's unlucky, and part of it's just like I don't know, they just don't have any momentum to actually kickstart themselves again. Uh, they've got to go back to the grind that they had way back when with Lackey that got them to this point. But uh, I hope we don't forget about them too too much uh, yeah. because this this core is just too good. Yeah, really good, like ridiculously good. I thought these players were going to get poached individually like a multitude of times across this year to other rosters when they were in the middle of their shakeups. And the fact that Mir got onto this team, I start to question maybe the leadership aspect of it and who actually is like taking charge of how the roles are structured around everybody because you can't really make all this firepower work realistically without a good pedigree behind you, I feel like. Like without an understanding of how you're going to break down your, your players across a map, especially with talent like Mir, who's a kind of big baiter, to be honest. Like you gotta kind of, kind of, kind of take your uh, your. He ain't wrong. That. And, and meanwhile, Lackey is laughing all the way to the bank. He qualified to the Armar with Aurora, so <laughs> I mean, is he really the winner? I mean, I I I sure hope so, but good for him. He did do that. Sprout, Sprout too, the international Sprout. Anyone want to talk about them? Because I could talk forever, but anyone else want to? I, free that I, lineup fucks, dude. <laughs> there we go. Point given. Sorry, uh, I, I'm, do I real? You really need to explain a lot of this because, I mean, for those who haven't been paying Sprout, attention to the player that Lonks is, Lonks is an incredible, incredible fragger for this team. Man is a what stud. a what a find this guy is. Yeah, 17 years old Enzo from Romania. And he just, he was just playing on a couple of just Romanian, you know, just mixed teams together. Sprout take a chance at him, and this guy just frags up an absolute storm. I would be amazed if this team doesn't make the major. Refresh is an in-game leader for this team also now, worth noting. Somebody who actually hasn't really had a whole lot of a second voice in most of his teams, at least outwardly. Kind of impressed, actually, that the fact that he put this team together with, like, all different nationalities and a multitude of other players and made it work this soon, this well. Like, I watched those games, dude. I casted them. That was impressive work, especially on their Vertigo. I'm really excited to see how they do moving forwards on a map like that. And this team is hella young. Like, yeah. uh, th this team has longevity. They have time to grow. They, I mean, again, I, I will say Refresh actually... Had to, had to do with a lot of the micro calls on Heroic uh, alongside Kaden, more site, uh, site uh, CT anchoring situations. It wasn't like broad, big picture, like calling, secondary calling T sides or anything. But I mean, just the fact that he had the mind for the game and Sprout was willing to take the risk um, and it pays off like this. Obviously, we've yet to see how he's going to play against top level opposition, but I feel like the blend of experience, I mean, Refresh has been on Heroic and played those tier one tournaments. Zypha's gotten a little taste of it with, with CPH Flames. And, you know, Slacks and Stare have been playing on this team for a while uh, and they've gotten opportunities to play at tier one tournaments. So it's like, I feel like every, every little bit of... Um, the, the checklist that you can check off for a team that is an underdog trying to break in a tier one, it kind of ticks all the boxes. And I just hope that none of these players get poached. And they actually get an opportunity to, to play against these top level teams for as long as possible. For sure. Yeah, but you guys are 100% sleeping on the best team out of this whole qualifier. 
and it's one hundred percent heroes. One hundred percent bench heroes. Samuya <laughs> is by far the that. best opera in all of Europe. I don't care what you guys say. I don't know if you guys watched their Bo3, but this guy slaps, and he's been slapping all this whole qualifier. Like his team's whole boosted. He's dropping like thirty frags a map. I'm on the Samuya bandwagon once again. Oh, amen. Dude, right, fear, fear, fear has some surprisingly good English. Like calling for a mix like this, like oh, yeah. I, uh, I, it was really sloppy when they when they actually tried during uh, Antwerp, uh, where where they got a couple of close opportunities. But in this one, he felt a little bit more dialed in. Like he's gotten a little bit more experience to do it. Uh, this guy looked really, really good. Um, I enjoyed watching this guy call for this team. And, and yeah, of course, Smuya, Smuya did Smuya things. Yeah. I'm gonna make the L take and say I. I, if this team makes the major, I'm done. Um, I mean, look, teams are not supposed to be able to assemble a mix unit and try and, and make a shot at the major. Party Astronauts almost did it. Don't forget that. But uh, this unit here, it, surely there are other teams that are just more structured, that are more dialed in this team. And would we rather have like a team that had more structure to this than the the Owens Butterfield meme no, team showing up to this RMR? Okay? No, no, you have to remember that this is what Valve wants, right? Like, I don't... Valve doesn't give a shit what you think, right? But, like, Valve <laughs> like wants... So many, they don't? So many Zero the hero, right? This is the team that will have the storyline, will have... Bring the viewership for Valve for the major, yeah. right? They want the zero to hero. They want you to be able to pug a team, like, bring a team together, pug your way through, and go to, like, big events. That's what they want. They don't want this partnered stuff, and this is what we're getting, right? We're getting branded teams like Aurora. We're getting teams like benched heroes like this is what i this is why i love this format because it's it's ruthless and it's it's great for the fucking oh, oh shit leadership. i love the open qualifiers but like come on guys like eu you guys can do better than this right guys let's talk about all right one sec we gotta play this clip that literally after after with this seven Yumi says he can't hear it, only dancing. Oh, he can't. God damn it. <laughs> okay, well, basically, it was Yumi. I mean, it, it was uh, Smuya singing that uh, Copenhagen Flames and listing other teams that uh, making fun of them that making fun of them that they didn't make it, and he did as a pug mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, pug mix, talk about pug mixes, kind of new. Gamer Legion, they're putting together their new roster. Young Shui or Sui, or however it's pronounced, the Indian leader of Mao's NXT. He's making his way into this team with Acor, who's been out for a minute, and I'm so down for it all. It's such a weird mix of players, and if we're talking about Wonks being that beast from Romania, this kid is the next big thing also. I am is so talented, and I'm surprised that he didn't get picked up by a different team seeing while his was collapsing. So if I can see this team come together and Shui or Sui or whatever it's pronounced as, actually <laughs> put together a cohesive game plan against teams that'll give him contest, I'm absolutely... a Huge Gamer Legion fan after this. Best roster they've had in a while. Big thing, yeah. Big takeaway for I'm getting for this RMR and like even for like South Americas and North America ones is like there's so many like quote unquote no name teams making it in, but like for those no name teams, this is a huge chance just to like build their brand and be like make this a career. 
right? Like, if you think like the Copenhagen Flames players before their their double major appearances, right? Like they were not they're basically nobodies, right? There's no chance they would get on with like Fnatic and EG and all that stuff. But they did well in the major and now they're fucking cashing in. Right? Same thing for like Oops, the Rora players. Rora players. Oh yeah. Pro right, like eight kills a game, and he catches in. Because Three oh, yeah. kills and a win. Right, but like <laughs> so some of these players, like during the RMR, are gonna make a name for themselves, and then they're gonna get the bag next roster change. Like G two might pick up like Brout's IGL or like whatever. Right, like who knows? Because you know Hootsie sucks, but who knows? Regali might go for a farm, honestly, too. These Romanians are popping out of the womb, bro. They're making them like that, these Counter-Strike players. True. All right, going. all right. One Let's sec. talk about Astrala sweating all the way to the uh, last qualifier to get in. Uh, we want to talk about that? They didn't even come uh, come in first after all said and done. But, uh, I mean, some of the the hype building around this Los Cagutos rematch was just... <laughs> I've never seen something like this. For that was such an event in CS. Game. Yeah, it was like everybody was coming out of the woodwork saying they were going to stream yeah. it. Like, I think Splend was talking about it as well. Um, but I think that their run in the fourth qualifier was actually harder than all of the other ones. And I don't know. Like, I, 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 I was talking about it with Fi. I was like, they're not going to make it through this one just because it is so much harder of a route to get through. They had to mm -hmm. beat Budapest 5. They had to beat Los Cajuzos again. And then they had to beat Blue Jays in the round of 16. Who, I mean, I don't know if you guys have watched Blue Jays at all, but these guys are like a super upset-heavy team. Um, BO1s is, are so dangerous against this squad. Um, and then they had the 2-0 uh, against Illuminar. But again, I think that was also like a... With the quality of teams that Astralis are losing to, it was like kind of like, you know, it's still a little iffy. So, good that they got through, but man, did they have to kind of sweat it out in this fourth one because the, the results... Uh, were kind of kind of <laughs> difficult. I mean, even even again, all, like you look at all these teams, they all got double digits, so it wasn't easy by any means. I got to cast them for the first three open qualifiers, and let me tell you, the fact that Config was destroying House and they were losing these games is dumb. This man was tearing up the server in every single time. It felt like nobody was there behind him. Like, Blame F is a player who you expect to take over the game even when his entry fraggers aren't playing very well because that's just the kind of player that he is. And they, he was nowhere for a lot of the games that actually mattered to them. Zipnix bothering the charts a lot of the time. Farley actually having a couple of good outings. And Glaive is one who that I actually am very disappointed in looking throughout all these matches. It looks like their defaults were sloppy, even if they were just running them just to run them. Each time it felt like they needed an entry pack. Glaive either wasn't there or he wasn't doing his job properly and their spacing was sloppy. And that's not something I expect from Astralis. They're at land right now. Like, they should have their shit together, relatively speaking. Like, it, it looked terrible for, for a lot of the games that they were actually, like, getting tied up in and losing. I think yeah. there was one game where they had to, where Zipnix had to 1v4, or, or else the, right. I think the whole situation would have just gone thrown out the window. Uh, things like that shouldn't be happening. Um, but, yeah, I completely agree with you. Glaive and his defaults looked so off-kilter. I didn't feel like he was in it at all. Uh, in comparison to their blast appearances, they looked yeah. much more. It looked like they they wanted to play that a little bit more. Uh, they didn't make it to Copenhagen, so I mean, was it really worth it? But I don't know. I I, I just thought that there wasn't enough um, preparation being put into this uh, when there absolutely should be. Just fundamentally, uh, I know you can't prep prepare for any of these teams, but you got to mm. at least have a game plan with how right. you want to structure this team out when you go in. Um, and I think yeah, he was a super sore point to me 
because I feel like these guys didn't understand the kind of pressure that they had, at least from the outside looking in. Um, all right, I, all right. Obviously, it's up for speculation. We are going to move on to the next topic, but I'm gonna let Fi have a shot, maybe get in some points. Say oh funny. boy. No, no, no. Well, no one sec. Well, no, no. the wall here. No, this yeah, full ass stand up set. Come on. This is yeah. the this is the take CSC. I'm gonna give them. This is the take I'm gonna say. We're gonna talk about the the NARMR really fast. Do you have anything to say? Well, any teams gonna qualify or anything like that for the NA? Because that's the only one left. I don't even if, know what to think about it. If NA Strife is in the tournament, there's no way E2 you're qualifying. That's nine uh, Z is baller. That's all I'll say. Mic drop. Nine Z baller team. Watch them. They're cool. The, they're if they go to the, cool. they're in the Americas RMR. There's still a couple more NA RMRs to run. Uh, what? Strife is still in the running. Dude, you know the craziest thing about the NARMR? Maybe it's a, it's a, not a crazy thing, but it's more of a sad thing. Since EGPA and EG Carpe Diem can't progress through, or it could be a cool thing, but we might see some upset advanced team make it into the Americas RMR and be able to attend an international event, which is just crazy that that could even be a possibility. At the same time, um, with teams like Team One who are still in the running and EG is coming to, to claim a couple... But there's a chance. There is a chance that some advanced team, freaking carry esports, the team that upset <laughs> team one last RMR, run it back again, and maybe you have a shot to make it to EU. All I right. mean, shit, anything can happen in that America's RMR. All I'm right. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna leave it out to that. Uh, one more thing before we before we have to do the first elimination round. How about shocks not making it to the major? L. Yeah, it was kind of to be expected, low-key, though. Like, I, I hate to be that guy, but this team with a new in-game leader, Shock's not in his best form, back in a role where he kind of needs to be fragging late round. It it's kind of difficult to say that this team should make it through, but it still pains me that they didn't at the same time. This team could be one for the future. I mean, I still sure. like the the this five-man squad. Um, I, I think it's always going to take a little bit of time to, one, integrate Cuban into the lineup, uh, and then also bring Stiko up to speed. The guy's super cerebral, has a mm. fantastic mind for the game, but it is still always going to be a different kettle of fish when you are a supportive element for a team and then you get like shifted into to becoming an IGL for the team as well. So I think that uh, it's a bummer that Shox has to come into this situation where it's a complete re rebuild and expecting to get through this brutal open qualifier system. But I think... Uh, at least for the future, that this team actually has legs to it, and um, I'm expecting good things for them, just beyond uh, beyond the major cycle. It is a bummer that Shocks could uh, replicate, though. Yeah. Well, they do get to uh, come to Fragadelphia soon, right? Is that, <laughs> that's is a that real that W right there. Who cares? They the don't win man. it. It's that's gonna be. Who cares about the major man? Frag is where it's at, man. Saving yeah, yeah. strats for Frag. Facts, actually. I mean, literally, they they threw. They the guys said, guys, guys, we have we have to save our strategies. We got to beat these advanced players. They saw the <laughs> they saw the RMR schedule. It's like, oh dang it, we can't play frag now. <laughs> dang. Have to prep for NBG twelve. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Be uh, before for, we go you know, on. You know. Um, what do you guys think about the locations of the uh, RMRs? So you know, Asia slash uh, Australia is in Australia. Um, America is wild for me. Yeah, Use in what Malta or Malta. Sweden? Malta. Malta. Yes, Malta, and then the Americas is somehow <laughs> in EU and not in the Americas. I, I think the elephant in the room is just that it is in Stockholm for the Americas uh, major or sorry minor or goddamn it what the, the RMR. Uh, yeah. but, um, it, it is just ridiculous that 
this planning couldn't have happened sooner. I understand why it came to be, but I I saw that like there was a, there was a tweet chain through like with Moses and Richard Lewis and whatnot, and it's like they knew that these kinds of situations might happen um, for for Dallas, and they couldn't actually reroute that. And the main people that couldn't attend were CIS players, and obviously that's because of the the Ukraine conflict. But um, I don't think that issue would happen in the Americas. Also, why couldn't it happen in Brazil, right? Like, I, I think that the Americas players could come down to South America or maybe just the South Americas come up to America. Like, I, I, don't, I don't feel like uh, enough thought process is put out for the Americas region. And to me, that just feels disheartening that our region continues to get left in the dust um, no matter what. I mean, even Asia is getting to play within their region technically like in, in melbourne they get to play it even in a live audience bolstering that region as well in some way bringing in a live audience always helps in that case um and obviously malta's they don't have, they can put it anywhere in the world and it'll still do hella viewership um so i i don't know i just don't think it's a good experience for the players uh, as well because another thing another way to bring up a region is is to have these like just different region players so you have south america playing in in na like bringing up some of these advanced teams that can potentially scrim against them and learn. Um, so it just it feels like an all-around net negative, uh, but at least some of these players get to play internationally. So like if, let's say, an advanced team does make it to Stockholm, then at least they get to play against some EU scrim teams and they get to learn a lot. So there's a bit of a silver lining there, but overall I'm a bit negative on it. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, the first segment's done. We got a little really quickly. Asia. We never we didn't say anything about Asia. It's Asia's. It's it's only it's only the, it's the Asian resident one. sleeper, man. Yeah, resident sleeper. Uh, That's all I'm gonna say. Tyloo's out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There we go. I'll give you a point for that. Now. Ben Tet joins this roster and plays some of the worst Counter-Strike individually and statistically we've seen him play ever, and they place fourth out of all these teams. Making it through, obviously, is a pretty good team, but even still, like, for a, a team who's been a staple of Asian Counter-Strike as a whole, that's that's a big hit, I think. Rare Adam is the future, baby. Alright, alright, no you know, alright guys. The first, the first, the first segment's gone. So. The first segment's gone. We have to eliminate one. Alright, fine. Sorry Whoa. I eliminate you. Now you guys, Yo. you can say something before. Yo, you, you, you... I, I'm just saying, I'll come back stronger. All right, I'll come back. I'll be more no. elaborate. I will take down all your takes. All right, all right, 2K. I will rise no, again. Done. All right, folks, that's all I'm gonna say. I have to. I have to. I'm peaced out. I'm awful. Awful scenes we're seeing out here. Uh, do I have to like outro this? It's been CS no. out here. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to, you can. Tell me when I leave, it's not over. <laughs> no, anyway, you... folks, I'll get, I'll get out of here. Thank you guys for having me on. All right, all right, all right, guys. All right, guys. Now we're into the section, se second section. Right now, we're gonna hit onto the biggest, uh, the buyer, the buyer drop rounds. I'm moving down to here. Suck. Go ahead and explain the uh, the buyer drop. There. Buy and drop will be. I'm gonna ask a question, and you guys pretty much have to say would you you agree with it or you just kind of like disagree, like buy or sell. So the first question will be Hooksy comments right now. Do you actually see him going any further than the player break in December? We'll start off with uh, the lowest point points right now. We'll start with KJ. Uh, I. I don't understand G2's thought process. I don't know if you guys saw the interview with Simple. Like, with Simple, where he's just like, doesn't make. How do you go from a strat heavy IGL from the northern countries of Finland at, with Alexi 
and then go play, hey, we need another strat-heavy IGL from Denmark. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, they're basically the same players. Maybe style-wise, they're a bit different, but that wasn't the issue with G2 was their style. It was just, you need some, in a sense, like, puggy style where Monsi, Hiko, and Hunter are just going to go kill people. Right? Like, I don't think Hooksy facilitates that. You never really saw that on Copenhagen Flames. Right? Roy J played a lot more of a controlling style. Uh, Yabby did go a bit crazy, but still, it wasn't like Nico or Monacy go crazy like they want to. So I don't like, I don't see him staying after the major, especially because I think G2 is just going to bomb out. They'll make, they'll make the RMR, they'll do well there, but like the actual major, I don't think they'll do that well. All right. To me, it just feels like uh, there were a couple more options that could have been better for this team. Uh, I think Alex could have been really good uh just because i think he works with the egos uh or not even egos it's just big personalities like star power uh players with like the likes of like shoxi and 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 zaiwu and whatnot with that french lineup and they did very very well for themselves and i think he made a lot out of a little with with both the c9 rosters uh uh and and the fanatic rosters as well like they look pretty good on fanatic uh but obviously chemistry wasn't the the best there but i mean look i think hooksy the, the issue with him is is that out the gates, uh, you you're kind of gonna have like a bit of um, like unknown factor to you, where other teams don't know how you're gonna play, whether the positions are changed up and whatnot. Uh, and now that kind of the jury is out on all seven, or all, not necessarily all seven maps, but like most of the maps that G two plays on, um, it's going to start to get to a point where they get targeted, and where he specifically gets targeted, uh, and that is going to be really really difficult, especially with the amount of game time they're gonna get EPL. Uh, he's barely dropping any frags, even against Vitality. Look, man, I feel like people are touting a li him a little bit too much for doing very little uh, for uh, for them in, in this team, in this game in particular against Vitality in, in that rematch. He had maybe two rounds of impact, and then beyond that, it was kind of piss poor. So uh, yeah. I feel like there is a lot of expectation that, oh, we'll kind of uh, get him through these next couple of months, but I think I agree with you, KJ. I'm going to drop on this. Uh, maybe it's a bit too negative too fast, but um it I, I i just can't see a turnaround of, of frags just instantly like that like it's just not possible and that in and of itself is an extreme negative yeah like if you look at his stats over the last like two three years copenhagen flames a lot of their games were like tier two tier three games besides like the major right they weren't in many tier one events and he's still dropping like 0.88 stats like every year like you can't go from that against tier two tier three teams to dropping like decent numbers against tier one teams it just it won't happen he just doesn't he might be a good igl but he just doesn't have it in him to frag hard all right yeah, why not also gonna have to drop on that one there we um, go. Uh, first of all just adding on to what paladin had said earlier on i thought alex was a no-brainer to be completely honest with you considering his coach relationship was already there and present and those two worked very well together to put a team of players who in all honesty was a zywu team like they built themselves around zywu and as they should have because that was the formula that they needed to make work and it did. And moving past that, it's just watching Hooksy in-game lead this team doesn't make much sense to me as an in-game leader who historically has made the sum of his parts slightly better than what you probably would expect. And then goes into this team and it's like, I see JKS entering with the bomb sometimes and Hooksy going in first. They're wasting like 20 seconds in the front of a bomb site after making their presence known with three or more players on, a, on an area of the map. And it's 
so confusing to me because this team seems to be one or seemed to be one at the very least who just needed somebody to rein them in. They just needed somebody to be like, okay, we're doing this strategy. I will go in first. You throw this utility. All you need to do is click on their heads. And that's at the end of the day, honestly, like it might sound stupid, but that's what this team really needs. That's really all they need. Like they don't need more firepower. They don't need somebody to like come up with some absolute master tactic to get them into a bomb site with utility usage. At the end of the day, if their defaults are good enough and if they can get the spacing down pat, that's all they need in a team where Hooksy can't be getting two kills a game. You know what I mean? Nar, do you want yeah, to say something? Doesn't work. Especially with JKS as your fifth. I'm going to asterisk that also. I think that is a little important to this also, the fact that JKS is in the equation. Like, I think if you have this core of a team, you should not be losing games. You should be contesting and you should be coming first in your group every time. I don't care. Uh, like what what other people think, but I think Nico Hunter and and Monacy are one of the best. It's one of the best cores in CS right now, and somehow still they are number fourteenth in the world rankings, and they have not won a single land trophy this year. That is just astounding. That is astounding to me that something like this can happen for this long. Like I don't feel like there is a vision for this. They're kind of just throwing money at the situation as to whoever is kind of in the community's hearts as the next up and coming person. Uh, instead of actually um, having a vision as to what the cohesive cohesive nature of this team is moving forward and how they're going to win titles. Because this just feels like um, something that's cobbled together and it doesn't yeah. feel like a blockbuster move. And I think that is the biggest mistake about G2. They have all the money in the world. Why not pay for the buyout on Alex's contract with Fnatic? I, I don't know. That's just me. All right, Nard, you want to say something? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with all your guys' statements about dropping Hooksy, not making it past the player break. So what I think he needs to do, like, individually, like, he obviously needs to work on his aim and mechanics, and he needs to look at it from, like, Kerrigan's perspective, because Kerrigan had, uh, there was a time where he was struggling a lot fragging-wise, and what did he do? He worked on that by practicing, and then more importantly, uh, from an HLTV uh, confirmed interview, he said that he asked his teammates like Rops and Twist, two of the most mechanically gifted players in the game, some advice. And that's he credited that, them for oh. that success. And who does Hooksy have on his team? Nico and Hunter, two of the best aimers in the game. So he needs to get advice from them and then work on his game individually. That's a uh, great point, Nard. I mean, talking about Kerrigan in particular, I mean, this guy was... So, like we're just dogged by the community time in and time out this guy redefined how he wanted to play the game yeah i mean his entry style is so brute force but he sets up all of his players so well that it doesn't matter i mean you look at his statistics it, it seems irrelevant um and I, i'm not going to just say that these statistics are bad from hooksy but you kind of also have to contextualize the statistics as well like he's gotten some difficult roles but he's not actually creating enough space for it to actually matter. Uh, and, you know, on the CT sides, again, it's going to be abused eventually. EPL is going to be an even bigger proponent of that. And uh, I don't think that this team has enough legs to kind of protect Hooksy, like how um, they might protect uh, mm. Kerrigan on phase. All right. I heard this Alexi B guy is pretty good. <laughs> All right. We're going to hit another thing of G2. There was a, a, like a post from Richard Lewis I want to know if you're buy or sell. You're gonna buy or drop on this. Richard Lewis says that JKS is Reddit's most overrated player. Do you buy that or would you sell it? Are you guys selling that? We'll start off KJ because he's the lowest of the points. I don't get how anyone say JKS is an overrated player when he's statistically the best player from a whole country, right? So, like, you're, so you're dropping this take? That, yeah, 100. Like, All right. 
Jacobs is really fucking good. He helped FaZe win a uh, tier 1 tournament, right? When he was in NA, he was a demon in scrims and in matches, right? That team wasn't the greatest in 100 Thieves, but he still was the star player for that team. Every team before that, he was a star player. Yes, he hasn't played in a little bit, and yes, he has had some hiccups with complexity and being a free agent and all that sort of stuff, but I still think if he's the best player in Australia, a whole region, then yeah, he's 100% rated correctly i will uh you know just for shits i will pick up this statement um i will buy this statement let me give you some statistics uh to actually contextualize this a little bit 1.02 rating in his entire time on complexity 1.15 rating on 100 thieves and mind you this entire time that they're on 100 thieves i believe they only had a couple land tournaments before they went to covid and they were actually in the north american region where they farmed uh, so i'm going to just say that i mean hey he did a pretty good job but uh uh let, let's talk about the Renegades one as well. 1.09 rating on Renegades. And so it's been a very okay rating uh, across all of his maps, but he's treated like he is some kind of savant uh, for uh, any team that he gets, uh, that he wants to be signed on for uh, and, and on all of this. And I, I just think that I, I see where Richard Lewis is coming from is because they're considering JKS to be a star player when he isn't a star player. I don't think he's a star player. He is the best player objectively from their region. That's for sure. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say. However, at the same time, I don't think that he is going to kind of revolutionize G2 and make them just an all-star studded team. Uh, you can obviously very clearly see people are like so excited that he dropped 20 kills, uh, 22 kills against Vitality on Mirage. Uh, I, I think that there is still a little bit of... Um, I think there's a little bit of like recency bias to what he did on phase. That was a one-off tournament with a standard situation. There's absolutely zero pressure on this guy to perform. Uh, he gets he gets to have a lot of calls called around him. As far as I'm, uh, as far as I can tell, I believe Kerrigan wanted to rejig the lineup in such a way that they made sure JKS was comfortable rather than JKS slotting into phases roles. Uh, and I think that. Um, Maybe I, I I just don't think that he is he is all that. I don't think he is just the greatest ever. Like I, I think that I, he's, I a respect great, he's a great player, but I don't think that he is as rated as uh, Reddit might. I, I respect uh, that. And why not? I'll let you finish. The, would you, are you buying or dropping this? I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to buy it for a different reason. I'm going to buy it for the fact that I think that he could have been one of the best players in all of Counter-Strike should he have managed his career better. I think that he wasted his prime years, his most hungry era of, of playing the game in the teams that he was playing with, like the Renegades, the Hunter Thieves. Makes a lot of sense for him from where he was coming from. But at the end of the day, he said in other interviews how many offers he was getting from teams where they likely probably give him a lot more space, as well as better individuals surrounding him with more experience at the top level consistently. Not to mention the fact that in complexity, not he. I, okay, I don't. I don't know who you are. I don't care who you are. If you think that that was a good move to join complexity, that is silly. That was the most absolutely terrible career decision he could have made for himself individually as a as a person. Probably at that time, very stunting his stunting his growth at the age of what twenty five, uh, where he hadn't even reached his full potential yet and then joining this g2 roster like i said earlier on not a bad decision necessarily but it's it's one that you really have to weigh in whatever else he has available to him at that point because you join a team where hooksy is probably not going to be what you want out of an in-game leader if you're jks having been around for a, bit, a minute now and then you look at these other players in your roster and you're like okay i'm probably going to be filling in a lot of gaps because they're not going to give me all the space that i'm going to want which is just a, a JKS plague. I've all right, all right, KJ. I see you shaking your head down there. You have, you have anything I to counter that? 
like, yeah, JKS isn't your, like, Nico or Simple or Zaiwu where he's just gonna go and make the space, but he, I think he's the one of the best players to just sit on a bomb site and just hold that bomb oh, for site. For sure, no, no, he's definitely like, good. I'm not saying he's not good or a bad 100%, player, like, and then, like, stats, like, yeah, okay, stats weren't that great, but, like, if you're sitting backside nuke on A, like, you're not the greatest stats, but he will always hold that down. He'd always do solid, right? But, like, if you're thinking, like, yeah, he's a top three player, yeah, he's overrated, but if you're actually looking, like, role-wise versus other players' role, playing his role, he's 100% uh one of the better players in his in his role all right we're gonna move on to the we're gonna move on to the next topic because we gotta we're gonna hit on to one sec we're gonna move on to mouse sports it was a big controversial move kind of this week that they just promoted extra onto the main roster and they kind of just but buy mass into the inactive are you buying or sell or dropping this move we'll start off with a we'll just start with a paladin uh, I'm going to sell on this just because, or drop, uh, I guess just for the sake of the theme, but I, I think I'm going to drop on this just because of one reason and one reason only. I think the timing of this is absolutely abysmal. What a way to just throw Bimas in the, into the dirt. Uh, I mean, you qualified with this team very comfortably, mind you, into, through the open, open qualifiers. And we, as we've seen through other teams, is very difficult way through. Like, it's a difficult process. Um, and I feel like that should be rewarded. I'm getting a lot of shades of, of Bubski on Astralis when they when they did very well uh, and qualified for the major, and then he just got booted out as well. So uh, it, it's just such a weird look for Mal's as an organization where it feels like uh, Cyclone is kind of like the uh, the dictator, and he's kind of just migrating NXT after he coached them for a while and just migrating them on uh, one by one. And I get that there's a lot of promise uh, on some of these players. Zershin, frankly, was one of the players that I wanted on this team before JDC and Torji because this guy is just a, a beast. I think he's very, very good. Uh, but at the same time, I think that you had such a great Cologne result. Uh, I felt like everybody on the team was, was thinking, hey, this is going to be our resurgence. I believe after that one Cologne result, they like shot up on the rankings. Yeah, they're fifth on on, on the rankings right now. Maybe I, I was fully expecting for them to believe in the roster for at least a, a major run to see where they were actually land. But instead, you're kind of kicking Bimas to the curb after he's been putting a lot of time to, one, learn new roles, and and two, just play play with a, a core that he's actually barely played with. Um, So I think that this... Uh, so I'm just going to sell on this particularly because I hate how this organization has handled the situation. And I feel like um, this combined with what they did with NBK is just poor mismanagement, even though they have some great people. Uh, you brought up NBK. <laughs> now, uh, KJ, do you buy or drop this? The timing and the whole, the whole take? I... Bit of both. All the points. Yeah, right? Like, so sorry. Yeah, Palin's right. Like, timing-wise, this is horrible. Right, but like, it's not the worst thing, right? They still have a few months for the RMR, right? I hundred percent, I hundred percent think Zertion is a plus over BMAS, right? Zertion farmed the We Play series. He was obviously one of the better players in that league, and it just makes sense to put him up there and just help Frozen and Torzi just frag, right? Like, I don't. Time-wise suck, but, like, I think this team is actually deadly now with Zershin. Like, if you watch him play in any of the WePlay games, he just literally just runs around and just pops heads. Like, he's so much better than any of those players. And I think he's going to obviously... I think he's going to be a top 20 player this this year. Oh, why not? Statement. Ooh, bold oh. statement. I'll, I'll give the point for the boldness. All right. Uh, why not? All right. 
right. Buy a drop. Oh, uh, Are you buying a drop? I'm left picking up pieces and scraps here, so I'm going to turn my attention away from what the move actually means based on the player that they're picking up is and what it more so means for the rest of the team now that he's actually there. So losing Rops, Bmos got better roles like across the board for the most part uh, as he was now like able to kind of flourish in a more frag-heavy spot, which he kind of deserved for a while but like couldn't afford to get because you have Rops in your team. Like, Are you stupid? Rops is going to be the one fragging for you. Uh, and then they get Zertion, and now I'm looking at this team and I'm saying, okay, if this doesn't work, you've promoted three members of your academy team, Frozen's still here, and Dexter has been here for this entire project and then some. At what point do you look at Dexter and say, what is he doing for this if Cyclone is the one who's managing everything from behind the scenes in terms of pulling up players? Because where is his say come in? Like, where is he fostering this talent from? What experience does he have at the highest level to give these players what they need to grow moving forwards? And on top of that, Zertion has to also perform at a high level for us to know whether or not he can. Because it's been a little longer now. <laughs> it's been a little longer uh, as we've gone into this process that it's like, will this player perform on Tier 1? We have to hope because this team is now three out of five players who aren't experienced enough to say, yeah, they'll win a grand final someday in the next year. And does Dexter have that much time? All right. We have a really close battle now. We're going to, we're going to land, we're going to hit this up next, next topic. We're going to hit it off with big. <clears throat> Everyone knows big, you know, like a top 10 team out there. Doing good in some tournaments. It is the lineup's pretty sick. Now, what buyer drop would they ever win a land a land event? Harmstead drop. Or nope, they're not yep. like oh, their best rifler is their IGL. Their opera, yeah, their opera is good. Their best rifler is good, but you have keto, fab, and Krimbo that just don't seem to be doing anything against these top teams, right? Like. This team versus FaZe, like, Rain versus Fabin, like, okay, Rain wins that. Twist versus Crimbo, okay, Twist wins that. Uh, Rops versus Keto, Rops wins that. Like, yeah, okay, Searson and um, their opera, good, but, like, Tabson versus Kerrigan, good, but, like, overall, I don't see them beating any of these, like, top three teams. Counterpoint. Okay. Crimbo's Wait. career just started. Let, let why not go really fast before blooded. Be yeah, yeah. just started. This guy has absolutely nothing under his belt to be put up against these other names in the scene right now. To be saying like he'll never win against the name duel against this guy every time. He'll never be able to open up a bomb site like this guy. He was playing Dust Two, and I think some some of some of his first lands with this team, and he was shutting it down with a Deagle like in three Ks and some of the most high tense like. You're playing against the best players in the world in your first team outing at, at this level ever. Like, that's a good sign, a sign, considering they also just made a roster move for their entry fragging player for somebody who's much better in the role. Tizian was absolutely not fit for the role that he was playing in and was shifted over for the matter of just conveniency. And I'm glad that they decided to bring Keto back because in time, now that he's had a break, it looks like he's actually having a little bit of a, 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 an awakening of sorts, having played with the academy team and gotten that little bit of that hunger back. And not even speaking about Favin yet, it's crazy to think that there are so many players on this team who haven't even found themselves comfortable just yet in a system where now they've got somebody at the helm who can run it down. They can just afford to have Searson post up in the back, taps and take the helm from the behind and Favin and Krimbo cleanup crew. And I'm excited to see how that works out because I think that Searson, once he finds himself on land, finally settled in after he's been inconsistent for like, what, a, the better part of a year now, then they probably have a shot at winning an event. Will it be a tier one event? Maybe not, but I think that they'll still pull away with something.
Okay, first, uh, the point that KJ was making comparison comparing phase players to big players. April 18th, 2022, PGL Major Antwerp 2022 Europe RMRA, where big absolutely destroyed phase in a 2-0 victory. Um, I, I, but that being said, I'm still going to drop this. I, I, I'm still going to drop this. Um, but at the same time, look, I think that this team um, is very good. I think they can get to top five somehow um, because, look... Um, I didn't. I wasn't really very high on Tizian. I wanted him to leave as soon as possible, just because there was Keto on the bench, fragging up a storm on the academy squad. Uh, so the core of this team is not bad at all. I think Keto's found his individual form again. So now you have Taps and Keto. I think Krimbo is an incredibly clutch player. Uh, I I felt like he had ice in his veins when he was playing on these big uh, stages that I wasn't expecting him to have in in other tournaments. Um, at just this early on in his career, as you're saying, why not? But I think that um, that core in and of itself has legs to it. And then again, now you have the tie in Searson. Even if he's not consistent, if you have a pop-off performance, I think the core could carry you through something. Uh, and again, I don't think Fabin necessarily has the most star-heavy roles that he would be carrying. I think he's a safe pair of hands. He proved it on Sprout, and I think he could do it here. Um, I don't think that they're going to be able to win a land event just because the field is a little too deep in terms of firepower and tactics. Uh, that it's just it's too hard to break through, but I God don't think back, that this team baby. is. God be yeah, back, the God. That's true. That's true. We, we'll have till twenty twenty seven to actually have an answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> true. All right. So good points, everybody. We're gonna move on to the last topic of the bio drop with NIP trying to sell a device for close to what they bought him for. So the question here is: Should Astralis have bought him during the player break? If buy. you agree, if you agree, buy. If you disagree, drop. Buy. Let's buy, go to why not. Oh, oh, I dropped my webcam. That's how passionate I was about this. <laughs> oh my lord. All right. Well, starting things off, the fact that they were trying to figure out an AWP player for the longest time, going through the young talents as much as they could, missing out on Nikodaz, and then having the option to buy a device for however much it would have been, they're not going to turn a profit on this team as it stands, regardless. So if they're not going to shill out the money to buy the player who will actually shift that for them they will have the best core that Danish Counter-Strike individually has ever had in terms of potential, in my opinion. Blame F, Device, and Config all on the same roster under the leadership of somebody who's obviously no stick in the mud in terms of in-game leaders historically. Glaive is touted as the best in-game leader of all of CSGO. And if Device really wanted out that bad from NIP and they let him slide under their radar, whoever gets him up is going to be spitting in their face as soon as they're disbanding and the team that has Device is winning a major. I just... I... I think Device only wants to join either Astralis or a top-tier team, like Navi, Face, like that sort of team. But those teams don't need him, and the teams that want him, I don't think can afford him. Right? Like, yeah, the article saying the six-figure buyout, I don't... I think it's, like, high six figures. Right? Because you're thinking they bought him out from Astralis. Right? That, that signing was huge. Obviously. Right? Plays, what was it like? Are six months or less with Nip, and now they're just sitting on the bench collecting a paycheck, right? Like Nip have to get a return on investment. Device wants to join a top team and win again. That's why he's not playing for Nip because he doesn't believe in that team, right? Like nobody can afford him. I think Astralis most likely approached him, but either buyout was too big or there's some sort of clause where they can get him next player break or whatever, I think Device is going to go back to Astralis 
and will play under the straws next time he plays. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Just real quick, I don't want to take up Paladin's time. A fun fact that I have is the fact that for the time that he played with NIP, they effectively spent $125,000 a month for how long he was playing with them. Not including salary, but just on the buyout alone, they paid $125,000 a month to him just to play for that amount of time. Absolutely ridiculous. I think Cologne was the worst possible thing to happen to Astralis. It sounds very weird to say, but I think it gave them uh, a ton of fool's gold uh, to what their successes could have been, as opposed to what their ceiling could be with other pieces. Um, it You look at the calibers of team that they beat, and it isn't the most impressive. But again, the, the, the objective result is that they came third to fourth, and I felt like... To them, it's like in the offseason, okay, well, we don't have to make an offseason. We just came, we just shot up the rankings to fourth place in HLTV. We came third to fourth in one of the most prestigious tournaments of the year. Uh, so we don't need to make a move. But I think that um, if you have a core of Glaive, Config, and Blame F, I don't think you should be in the situation that you're in right now where you're kind of like dragging yourself through the mud through these open qualifiers and you did not qualify to your fall final in a essentially pretty easy time in, in in the in the fall groups because again they came first in their group so they had a couple ripe opportunities to just win but one best of three and qualify um but i think that Dev uh, device should be on this team if they if they did have him instead of farling first of all poor guy like I, and just just uh, hats off to the astralis organization for just ruining multiple young players careers and just destroying them like lucky get, go, I mean, go go back to to, to tricked having to pick himself back up there i i know they're young it's just like they're stock tanks and like the community obviously has to say somehow indirectly in some of these moves and it just feels like you know bubsky doesn't want to come back and play he's he's done with that shit yeah. um and and that guy was such a promising young talent Lucky as well, and now Farlig. I think I thought he did very well in FPX and on Godsend. That he, he had a chance on this team to do damage, but clearly this isn't the right fit for him. Clearly, there's a ton of pressure for him that he's looking behind his shoulder every three seconds. That there's a device rumor coming out every other week that maybe he's coming to my team and taking my spot. And I'm sure that it's it's got to do a little bit with his form, like his individual form, as well as this pressure. But man, like it, it just—it doesn't feel like any of the parties are winning in this situation, and we're still like—I feel like all these productions are kind of like uh, band-aiding the situation and saying, "Oh well, Astralis are still doing pretty well for themselves, and they're still doing." Oh, look at look, look at how great Zipnix did at Cologne. They and signed I, two I, of the biggest players in Danish Counter Strike in modern history, and, and you can't to win. A team that's not doing anything. <laughs> it, 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 it's just it's such a bummer that um the core that this team has should be winning titles it's like you've assembled voltron in some senses <laughs> yeah, uh, and 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 you can't win anything it, it just it's it's just a bummer in my eyes uh that it, it's a waste of time for for these two in particular config and blame f because we know how long uh some players have in their careers to to have like a little bit of a prime um and once it goes it goes it doesn't come back it's very rare instances where it does uh and you don't want to burn these guys um primes because they, they're damn good players uh blame f is like a top five rifler in some senses uh, in the world right now yeah like big, the big thing is like you need a good opera to be a good team right that's like, what the saw, meta is right you, yeah, you that, saw that, you saw movie you saw movie star like some pies carried that team to a top 10 ranking right almost a top five ranking right like that team don't want to shit on them but they're not amazing Right, but some players carried that team. You look at every other, Dexter. I'd say top five team, they all have a great opera, right? 
besides Astralis. Like, Farling, don't want to say, but, like, he sucks. Like, absolutely just... I think he's, he's one he's of the main in. reasons that they lost <laughs> so badly in the armor, the qualifiers, right? They, yeah, they eventually made it in, but I think Farling just performed very poorly. You're playing tier 2, tier 3, tier 4, tier 16,000 teams. You should be able to just post up and get those easy up picks, right? But like, he's he's been missing shots, he's been mispositioned, he's been a complete liability for Astralis. And like what you guys are saying, like you have Config and Blame F killing everybody you just you you need an opera to get those easy frags and farling apparently just can't get those easy frags all right guys we're gonna we're gonna try to do this catch up since we have a close freaking battle right now and why not it's losing by a little but we're gonna give we have one more question guys i say this fast what is the best roster move so far very early take very very early take what's the best roster move that happened so far and what is the the worst We'll start. Oh, we will. Oh my we, God, we will start with why not. We will why not first. He's low. We why not. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? The lowest points goes first. Sorry, pal. Oh, <laughs> All right. Um, I I am actually gonna go with Sphinx to Vitality because I think that's probably one of the biggest one for one quote unquotes that happened throughout this season that isn't an opera. And I think that that makes a team a lot more impressive considering you already have Zai Wu and the last piece that you needed was somebody who, and all things considered, could have just very well sat happy where he was and been probably fine, like just as fine off, if not maybe better, who, hypothetically speaking, we can, we can never know. Um, but like moving down the stretch, like Vitality with the core that they currently have is, is a modern day super team. Like having a player like Magic who's so... Uh, versatile in terms of roles and in terms of what he can do for you in a team setting for supportive elements, aggressive elements, passive elements, anchoring bomb sites for you. He's just been around the block so many times with a teammate like Dupree and a coach of Zonic. Your whole squad is absolutely on fire from top to bottom. And the one piece that you needed, your bottom piece, you just upgraded to the max. That's the best roster move for me, honestly, by far. And then if we're talking worst roster moves, um, I'd probably have to go with Ents in losing Sphinx and now picking up Valda and getting uh, Sun Pius. I think that that is a good move on paper, uh, definitely, but I, in, I might be a little bit of a hater. I'm going to be bold with it, but I think that this is actually going to blow up in their face a little bit because they're not going to be able to rein in all their rifles as much as they would like to from top to bottom in terms of aggression and passivity. And I'd like to see Sun Pius make the difference for them, but what I think is it would have worked if they kept Sphinx, but now that they've got Valde, I feel like they're going to be pushing too far in the front and lagging a little bit too far behind in the back. That's how I foresee it happening, but if Snappy can rein it in to make it all work as a cohesive unit, I'd be wrong entirely, but I'm just personally not a believer in that. Okay, Jay. I think best team with the roster moves 100% is Heroic. Like, Heroic's worst player now is probably Yabby, and that's not a bad player to have as your worst player at all. Right? Like, you look through that lineup, it's super solid everywhere. Their style is amazing. Yabby is going to fit perfectly into that team, and I think easily, like, top five, top four of this major, this Heroic lineup. Like, Yes, he's not one for one with refresh, but he's still, in his own sense, like amazing player, right? Worst, I think, is going to be. I have to go with Movistar, right? Like they got picked apart. I've been. Oh, they lost a player though. Yeah, I didn't but know they were doing teams that lost players. I thought they also. Like... Well, yeah, okay. I'll go Movistar ants, right? I think both yeah, those right. teams aren't going to do that amazing, right? Like Movistar got picked apart for being an org with such great monetary backing. 
and doing very well the end of, like the end of last season to get picked apart your star player and replace him with a very questionable pickup i think they're going to drop very heavily in the rankings and i think ends with what not why not was saying is just they seem very mismatched in styles and roles and that sort of stuff i think what not why not says 100 correct they're way too front heavy and they're back and it's gonna be way it's gonna be lacking a lot okay uh i will go with i'll stick with dexter uh on og i think he was probably one of the most valuable free agents on the market uh period and being able to get uh being able to lock him up as og that's just a huge huge win uh for them uh again I, we did talk about it they are very aggressive but the core of this team can just frag their way through a lot of these games that you can have the potential for some of these players to drop off in, in performance here or there. But I mean, we talked about it at the very beginning. But Flamesy, uh, Dexter, Neofrag, these guys should be taking care of business. And then if you have a occasional pop-off performance from Fiku and Nexa, uh, then you're you're hot to trot. Uh, so I think this team is going to do a lot of damage. Uh, I think they should be the favorites to win Melbourne uh, in, a, in, a little bit, in a little bit of time. And I think they should comfortably get through the RMR. Um, I will I'll say something a little bit more unorthodox. I'll say NIP it, it had the worst roster move and the fact that they didn't have any. Um, I think that Rez Hampus and Brolin are an incredible are incredible Swedish core. They've done a lot of damage um, it just with, with the pieces that they've been given. But I don't think Esetag is an opper. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be an opper. I don't like that people are, are saying that he will be at any point in time. Um, he just isn't it for me. I think he's a much better supportive element to the team. I think he's a better supportive element than Plopsky. I think Esetag should take Plopsky's roles, and I think they should just bring Knock back uh, or just any other Swedish opera. I mean, th- there's a lot of options uh, in some of these teams. Uh, I think that this NIP squad could be much, much lot. better. Not a lot, but I think there are enough for there to be a viable option and an upgrade over Esetag. That uh, that I think I think this team could be a lot better than it is because I think that tactically this team has done a lot to fix a lot of their mistakes prior. Their T sides used to look abysmal, but the work that Hampus and DJL have done, they've looked much better. I think you just look at their cohesiveness on a map like Inferno and the fact that they look so good on the T side of that map after that was one of their worst T sides on all seven of their maps. Uh, that in and of itself shows me that this team has the core in terms of firepower and tactics to actually bolster a, a chance to, to break into the top five. I just think those last two players is just a mismatch in roles and uh, their services could be served better elsewhere. Nart, you want to say something? Everyone had good picks besides KJ. <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> what, what? There are so many better roster moves. Nope. No no offense to Yabby, but um, nobody said you're kinder. Come on, guys. It's not official yet. That's See, I didn't, I didn't count that as a roster. Oh, okay, okay. It, it, it's official. You can just say it's official, it's man. Still very good. All right, all right, it's guys. I mean, honestly, I, I I could make an argument that it is the best roster move yeah, because you could. Uh, look, the synergy that Yekindar hey, has yo. with. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make the argument. Hey, you're giving it to me. I'll, I'll take the argument. Hey, I mean, well, one sec. Uh, Yekindar's we... synergy with with Daps and, and Nitro. Like Nitro's been saying for ages that he wants to in, in, integrate EU talent or EU tactics into his pool. Uh, and now he's got the perfect person to do it. Jame time is now in liquid. So like it's it's fantastic to see that there's actually um, a kind of a rhyme or reason to how liquid likes to play their slow rounds. And then you also have just the unbridled aggression that Elige Naf uh, can just turn on uh, in, in, into like 11 with Yekandar at the helm. Like I think this team is really good.
Alright right, guys, we have announced the winner. Sorry KJ, with the jab you saying good. you had to lose points for that. That's that's the the first minus points of the day. So I'm sorry for that. You can stay here for the clutch round because we're, we're literally almost done right now. I'm going to have to 1v1 here. Alright, it's a 1v1 round. Wow, let me get the poll set up. The poll set up? Alright. <laughs> but uh, KJ, do you have anything to say? Uh, you guys don't know Yabby's yeah, the best player in the world. You guys don't know <laughs> anything. Go. You don't know him like I do. <laughs> you don't know him. You can like say I do. You can say in the call because it's not gonna be. It's not gonna That's take that long. Yeah. <laughs> but that comment, you guys said all the moves, but that one, man. You already got a points. <laughs> Start the poll. You guys all right, see it? The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, it's okay. Vote on who do you think is gonna win this. Gotta vote for myself. <laughs> I'm gonna vote for you too. One minute, so. Oh wow! Why not? You're Psych. so kind. Woo! Hey, baby. All right. GG. All right. First, the first, the first section. Speaking the three sections really fast. All right. So. I'm end poll there. All right. All oh right. my God! Yeah, stop the count. Nobody stop loves me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I got my boy Anthran in the chat. He'll always support me. If I have 100 fans, Anthran is one. All right, first section between Why Not and, and Paladin right now is the CSGO 10th birthday. They said it. The, the, the quote itself it says right here. I'll pop it up and on the screen. You guys see it? It says... On this day 10 years ago, Counter-Strike Global Offensive was released. 10, 10 years and countless updates, memories, and moments later. We're excited to see CSGO just get started. Thank you for the playing alongside us. Here's the next 10 years. And they mention, you know, and there's more to come. What is that more to come? We'll start off, why not? I'm going to say a whole lot of nothing. Uh, I, think I like it. I like it. Trying to just bait and tease us with all these things and give us hope that there's something big coming. And then once it actually does, they're just going to sit on their hands about it and act like they just gave us God's gift. And then after that, we're just going to rinse and repeat the same cycle. And I'd like for that not to be the case, but it's happened before and it's happened before in multiple other games. And I don't see Counter-Strike being very much different unless they decide to support us in ways outside of actually working with Counter-Strike Global Offensive directly on the development end. Because uh, I've been hoping for Source 2 forever. I've been hoping for the map changes forever. We've been com com consistently complaining about the fact that we don't get new maps into the map pool and that we don't get our uh, operations on time. And I think that it, uh, for us to have gotten to the point where we are right now, it's just a little crazy to expect that Valve is just going to drop some nuclear bombshell on our head and be like, oh, look, we're the great developer that you never had. Like, Paladin. Okay, uh, con conspiracy time. I'm, I'm just going to morph into the sticker, Conspiracy. Uh, they're going to do everything. They're going to bring Source 2. Uh, we're going to get a complete ladder chain. We're going to have ladders in, in matchmaking. We're going to have a matchmaking revamp. Oh 128 Lord. tick servers. Uh, let You know what? Why not revamp the operation system and have just actual sto more story missions so that it actually feels you worthy to apply the operation? You think they will? Hey, I'm just doing this for the points, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, but look, uh, I think that they have so many things that they could possibly do uh, to make this the greatest esport ever. It already is the greatest esport ever, but why not make it just even better than it already is? So I think that they are just getting started, and we'll get all of this next month. Uh, ooh, ooh. You said fast so over there. You said something a little <laughs> stupid hard. right there, Paladin. Next month. You had it good until you said next month, man. I'm... Ouch. Oh, come I on. The so. <laughs> you can read the copium on my face from the very beginning. <laughs> that, it, that isn't even that much of a la lapse of just thinking. 
Alright, we'll go with the next one so far. It's tied. I'll be I'll be generous for today. Alright, Tuscan, what map is it gonna replace and why? You can start Paladin because I started okay, the last one. Sure. Yeah, I mean uh, I think that it's going to replace Dust 2. Uh, I think the, the overall agreement from the community at least at least from what i've seen is is it's going to be mirage uh and i do see the reasoning for it to be mirage but the reason why i think it's going to be dust 2 is that there hasn't just been enough uh depth in change of the meta for it to feel like it's an actual viable map i think tactically it's pretty one-dimensional i don't think that there's really like any revolutionary strategy that's going to come up that's going to change how we perceive dust 2 i think it's one of the least picked maps now uh because like at, at tier one tournaments at least because it's just not that fun um it, it's not that fun to play even in matchmaking i don't really like playing it either uh, i think there are other better puggier maps in the pool to play like like ancient is right there vertigo is right there uh, they might not be fun maps to watch but they're hella fun maps to play and so i think that that in and of itself makes it a much better map than uh than dust 2 you're gonna have just a return for the nostalgia for all the older viewers uh to to reunite uh, a, a very old nostalgic map and then you also have the chance to bring something in fresh for the new viewers who probably haven't experienced tuscan uh, at any point in, in their lives and and look the thing about tuscan is it's a widely different map in comparison to anything else in the pool so again we have a bit more uh, flexibility for a lot of teams to kind of uh follow which identity they they want and, and what kind of the maps they want to associate themselves with so like if you have a more puggier style team you can flip to more of a vertigo mirage and if you want to actually go more tactical, you can go to, to a more nuke uh, and slash inferno. And then if you want to go to a little bit more of an unorthodox map, you can go to something like Ancient or Tuscan. So I think that it's going to have a little bit more of something for everyone. And I think if they take out Dust 2, that's the best possible move. All right. <laughs> well, uh, in my in my uh, now different argument for a different map, I think it's actually going to be Overpass to be taken out. Uh, Overpass has seen a dramatic dip in play recently, as Mirage has been still one of the top two, top three maps being played consistently at a top level on land. Even still, uh, the meta is still being changed. It seems like almost every day someone comes up with a new way to do an around the world strat on Mirage. So I think they're going to squeeze every drop out of that map until they can't personally. And seeing as Tuscan is a map where it's almost like not linear in the sense that Mirage is, I think it would better fit to replace a map in the pool that isn't as puggy, I guess, in the sense like Overpass has like a, a verticality difference on it to where you can run a, a ton of different rotations around the map up, down, and throughout. And Tuscan is a map that has a ton of different rotations you can make work as well as boosts and things like that. Very reminiscent of Overpass historically and presently, which I'm very excited to see how like professional teams are going to make work. And I think that Overpass is just, like I said, slowly making its way out of the top tier of the meta, despite me thinking it's a really good map. I think that, like I said, they're just going to squeeze every little bit of life they can out of Dust2 and Mirage. I can love Mirage. Uh, I, sorry, I can love Overpass. I don't want that I do to too, man. Anywhere. I freaking love Overpass. Yeah, I mean, I, I do see what you're saying, though. It isn't necessarily, like, one other thing is a big thing is that the, the casual fans also have a bit of a say they do look at queue times for yes. some of these maps and dust is still being played quite a bit and yeah i can definitely see what you're saying overpass is, is probably gonna face the same fate as, as something like train where yeah i love train as a map yep. but i think that it's a very difficult map to understand because there's a lot mirage. of yeah uh it, it's, it's a very difficult map to just kind of 
throw like you need the utility on that map and uh, and and to know those for for the casual casual fan base that's a little difficult um try so going b in a, in a mm game man good luck good luck going yeah. b in an overpass mm game <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I can see the reasoning as to why you would white pick overpass. I'm gonna say Mirage because it hasn't been changed in forever. What do you think, Saga and KJ? Uh, I'll go, I'll go KJ. Guess yeah. Let's see if he gets any points and make a huge seven point dip. <laughs> come back up. <laughs> yeah, let me let me try this crazy comeback here. Uh, I I don't think it's gonna be Mirage. Like yeah, they haven't changed it in a while. But if you look at pro play. Mirage is still being played a decent amount, right? You look at, like, amateur, like, whatever you want to call it, like, matchmaking play, Mirage is one of the most played maps, right? Like, there's no way Valve takes that map away for, like, a Tuscan, right? If they would bring back maybe, like, a Cobble or, like, a Cash, I could see... He said said Cobble. He said Cobble. I'm bringing in some points. He's coming back. Right? (laughs) I love Cobble. Cobble's literally (laughs) the greatest map in the whole world. Oh, my God. Cash for Mirage, Cash for Cobble uh, uh, and Mirage, right? That that makes sense. But Tuscan for Mirage, I don't see that happening. It has to be more of the less played map. I'd go probably with Overpass, right? Maybe if I want to throw a curveball, maybe Inferno. But I think no. definitely Overpass no. No, 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 is going to no, no. be. Okay, that's why you want to oh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Inferno, man. You had a comeback home of Cobble and Cash, but Inferno. Sorry. On, <laughs> All right, last question. Time matchup right now. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we're going with the rankings. We're going with the ranking systems. You know how this week there was a update in the rankings with uh, yes. Na- Navi overtaking phase. Is there a better way to like rank these teams instead of HLTV rankings? Would you say? Are yes. you saying? Are you saying like is there a different like actual system yes. that it goes through? Yeah. Would you take? Was there a better? What? What? Can you like devise a plan to make a better system or like a week? Just you know, not like. What's your take on it? I think that the current way that HLTV ranks their teams weighs too heavily on results that are old. I think that they weigh down way too heavily on results that are A, old, and B, they have their tier list set at S, A, B, C, D, whatever it's ranked at currently, like big big events, majors, things like that. I think that they weigh in a little bit too heavily on that without having like actually devised a plan of being, okay, what makes an event S tier? A tier, B tier, C tier, because you go into some of them and you see it's very top heavy sometimes. And Astralis, for example, can just go into the bracket and be like, yeah, I'm going to crap on all these teams right now and then get all these points and stay as number four in the world despite having done nothing for the past half year of my existence, two years of my existence having won a major. They just ride along that in the top 10. Like, no offense, but a team like Astralis is a team with a pedigree enough to where I shouldn't be like, okay, okay, let's go into the rankings. Uh, what did they do? Oh. They uh, placed second at Pinnacle Cup Championship 2022. Oh, okay. Who was there? Finest, Imperial, Fnatic, EGPA, MIBR. Oh, okay, cool. Like, dude, like I should that that should not be what weighs down a team of this of this nature. Uh, so yeah, that's what I think. I think that it, it needs to weigh less on old results as well as better define from top to bottom what it like d- makes an event the level that they describe it as. Because I think that they don't have very much of an idea at this stage either. I'll give another example. I mean, Mao's coming in nearly last in every single tournament that they do. One semifinal at Cologne shoots them up to fifth place. Meanwhile, you have Mobistar, who goes through Valencia and absolutely smashes the opposition and batters through and, and comes in first there. And then as well as on top of that, 
They actually succeeded at Cologne to, do, to have a very deep run as well. And they're still below Maus, who had one good result at Cologne. Uh, I don't think you can really count them to anything else. Um, and they are fifth. And so just even in that uh, weighting, I don't feel like the, the lower tier events are getting enough uh, polish as well. Um, because, again, Valencia's teams weren't the worst, I don't think. Like, I believe Fury was there. Uh, outsiders were there as well. Um, and and although the, the, those two teams, like, I, although Furia bombed out of that tournament, um, I still think even Sprout was there. Sprout was looking at least decent in, in terms of, like, uh, uh, what do you say? Like, in terms of, like, just on paper potential-wise, they had they had chances to convert, um, and they, they just couldn't. So I just think that... Um, the A tiers, the A tier tournaments that what they classify as A tier tournaments aren't given enough, given enough prestige, and people are giving too much. Um, uh, people at HTV are giving too many points to just coming and existing at some of these tier one tournaments, like Global Esports Tour Dubai. By the way, this is helping your point, kind of. It's it's helping my point and your point at the same time. But just go look that up for me real quick. That's why mouse right. is there. It's stupid. Uh, it, it's just it, it's um. I think the the. Eight year, uh, sorry, sorry, the the partner team situation is com completely screwing how we perceive the rankings because some of these teams come in dead last, uh, and I mean obviously EG is like an exception, but like, uh, <laughs> but uh, but complexity and 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 teams like that uh, of that nature who haven't done necessarily anything are still top thirty, uh, and and in some ways I feel like a lot of these teams uh, below them and even above them should comfortably beat the complexity as of right now that they shouldn't be in the top 30 but but since they're a partner team they get to attend all of these pro league events all of these like esl partner team events uh it completely boosts their rankings and they they had one great result at uh blast if that and and they they jump up 17 points um and while i i, I do like the whole circle move and whatever it, it's still i'm trying to prove a point here that um i think that the partner team situation completely hampers how we uh, perceive these rankings. With that, I'll see Paladin wins. Sorry, why not? You have done on the first show, you hit on so many good, got to get some good topics and come in second place on this opening show. I'll, any last words before we let Paladin uh, close us off? I, I regret nothing. Uh, you, you did you good on your first show. Why not bald this episode? You yeah. bald hard. You're going to win eventually. You probably win next week. Yeah, Who knows? Surely, surely. So it was great having me here, guys. I really appreciate everybody. Um, Nard out, especially like you're somebody who I've looked up for a while now in terms of content. So I really do appreciate uh, being here with all you guys. So thank you so much. All right. Paladin, you can have your minute speech if you want. Talk away. Uh, I, I love Liquid. I hope they win a tier one tournament. In the the next couple of months, I expect them to win Rio. Uh, go Liquid! Thank you. You can you can say any more you want. <laughs> that was a short speech. You, you can say whatever you want. This is your minute. You can say whatever you want. Oh, okay. Um, whatever you want. You have a minute, man. <laughs> sub sub to Paladins Alliance. Uh, I'm doing some good shit over there. Uh, I've been enjoying working with Ficast, but he dipped as soon as possible. Um, but shameless plug over there. Uh, we're doing a lot of good work with uh, Not Acceptable. If you liked Around the Horn, you might like Pardon the Interruption over there. So we're doing all kinds of ESPN copy content. So that's really fun. Uh, and I guess just keep an eye out for, for some of my other, other stuff in the future. Um, yeah, glad to be here. Glad to enjoy being on the CS Out Here podcast. We, we've had some good episodes, and uh, I, li I like this format. It's fun. 
Thank you so much. This is the first. Uh, we haven't found a name of it out here yet, this segment. But we're just calling it CS out here, number 13 so far. But before we close off, I have to say that we have some guests we're going to have coming up in this week and also next week. We'll interview with some pro players. We have NBK coming up on Friday and Get Right coming up next week, thir- uh, next week Tuesday. And we're going to also just want to announce we have a sponsorship coming up starting in September 1st on the Dog Fantasy. We will have more details of what we're going to do with them and all the stuff. First, we want to thank with them before we start. Nart, you want to close us off? Yeah, I appreciate all the guests for coming on for this first episode of this like game show that we're having for this recap that we're going to move on forward with. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys come back for the next one. Hey, you guys want to say anything else before I close off? Happy to be here. All right, man. This this is from CSGO out here, number 13. Everyone have a nice night. Peace out. Go in a, even though it's going to start very, very late. Peace out. Hi there, everyone. CS out here with Nard and Me Saga. We want to announce that we got a brand new sponsor, Underdog Fantasy, one of the premier sports books for CSGO and also one of the best sites for your fantasy sports needs. With our new sponsorship, we will dive in with prop bets for, for CSGO matchups throughout the whole season. But before we begin to, to show you the website and how to make a bet and everything, we at CSGO out here do not support any underage gambling, so please gamble responsibly. Nart now is going to show you how the site will look and and how you make the bet. Do you take it away, Nart? All right. So first, you're going to click on Pick'em. And then once you go to Pick'em, you could pick either any of these sports, but we're going to do eSports here. And then for the eSports, you could click on each game here. So let's say for this first game here, HSPR versus ECLT, they have these prop bets. So... Um, will this player get more than 14.5 headshots on maps one and two? If you think it's over, that they'll get more than that many headshots, you click over. And then if you think this player will get more than 33 and a half kills on maps one and two, click over. And then for the next matchup, Daitor, if you think this player will get less than 39 and a half kills on maps one and two, click under less than 20 headshots on maps one and two together under all right and then so on here so you could have up to five bets on one slip and then you put your amount here so i put in let's say five dollars so since i put in five bets here okay there's a multiplier for each bet i put in so it's going to go up to a 20 times multiplier so my payout, if I get all these correct, is $100. So that's how you place the bet, and hope you guys have fun. All right. Before we begin, also, make sure to sign up with Underdog Fantasy today. The link will be in the description and comments below. And the promo code for Underdog Fantasy is NART. With the promo code, Underdog will match all your deposits up to $100. So right there, have fun gambling. Also, you can you can hit on their other sports and fantasy football, basketball, and everything else in between. Saga and Nart here with CS out here. We're closing out. Have a nice day.